need some motivation on your Chinese business endeavor, may be curious about what the Chinese business environment is all about, or want to laugh out loud listening to war stories on the ground in China, then this is your show, China Business Cast. Welcome to the China Business Cast. I'm your host, Simon de Raad. And today we're going to talk about how to brand your local business to Chinese tourists. For this episode, we spoke to Emily Chung, founder of Createch Digital and shake to win Createch Digital is a cross-cultural digital advertising agency created in 2014, helping brands to grow their digital presence in China. shake to win is making art, culture, and nature appealing for millennials. How do these two worlds combine? Let's find out and listen to what Emily has to say. She went from a travel blogger to an entrepreneur and a passion for promoting global arts and culture shows in almost every post and every news she puts out there. Hope you enjoy and let's tune in. So Emily, I'm so excited to have you on uh, the China Business Cast. Uh, it's been a few years that we've met, I think over, over two years. Uh, but you've still been running your business heavily. Uh, I feel like when I see you, you have so much energy. You uh, too. <laughs> and energy on your on your WeChat, on LinkedIn, and everyone. So really, suggest everyone to follow you. Maybe you can just to start. What, what's what's the secret? How do you keep your energy so high? Yeah. Well, actually, I think the secret is being curious about all the changes and uncertainty that we are facing every day when the world changing. You know. So um, being curious is is good for an entrepreneur to keep up with the energy because, um, for example, under the COVID, there are a lot of uh, changes from uh, industry-wise, especially what one of my companies is doing, tap into the tourism industry. So how we can leverage technologies to help the traditional tourism industry to, um, you know, uh, to facing this biggest challenge ever under the COVID-19 to transform the business from the offline landscape to online is very important. So I guess being curious is one of my secret you know, <laughs> uh, way of keeping up my energy as yeah. an entrepreneur. Yeah, because yeah, you're, you're, I think 10 years ago you moved from Hong Kong to Shanghai? 12 years. Oh, so 12? Yeah, oh, 12 okay. years. Since 2008. Oh, right, yeah. 2008. So you were just uh, ahead of me. So, and, and maybe you can say you're running now two main companies, which are Createch Digital yeah. and then you have shake to win Yeah. Uh, Creative Digital is much more overseas brand, helping them to, to China. digital strategy yeah, into China. Exactly. And then exactly. Shake to Win is much more focused on art and bringing art and culture to exactly. Chinese millennials. Yes. Uh, so it's actually, maybe you can share a little bit more of what your, sure. your journey has been from going from working in Hong Kong, coming here, going oh, wow, from... Oh, that's a long story. Just the short version, okay, that's really like that, because okay. I'm always curious to how do you these entrepreneurial projects okay, get started. Cool. Um, yeah, 12 years ago, uh, actually when I started my career, I graduated from Hong Kong uh, and then I hold a business degree and when I started my career, I, I joined a big data company uh, based in Hong Kong. And ten, when we talk about big data, well, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it, it sounds like a very new thing, but now like everybody talking about data, big data. Um, wow, and then um, that company is also a startup when I joined and then two years later, my CEO sent me to China to uh, operate the business, open the business from zero to one. I guess 
I guess my entrepreneurial spirit is born from then because when you uh, carry a business to a new market, and I, I mean like Hong Kong and China, it's still like under, Hong Kong is under China, but then the, the cultural, there is a cultural difference. And it, it actually delights me and excites me about these differences and how as a Chinese born in um, in, in Hong Kong and then grow up in Hong Kong and then move to China and then I see the quick changes of the economy and the markets and um, I bring the business from um, three people to 20 people and then we established a reseller in Beijing and Chengdu and then in 2015 and I, I quit the company, I'm still the shareholder of the company, a previous company and then um, I founded a co-founder uh, Creative Digital which is a uh, um, digital-based uh, creative agency. So we have um, brands like Walmart China, Levi China, Sketches China. So to develop the branding strategies, how to keep the brand DNA, but catering to a specific, you know, different language market, different yeah. culture. So how they, they establish their social media strategies, e-commerce strategies. So that is create that digital. Yeah, cool. and um, three years ago, because you know I love travel. I yeah. you you've been a travel blogger, right? Yes, I, I've been a, I've been a freelance travel blogger since I was eighteen. Yeah. So I established my own social media channel. I'm, I'm actually the first generation of the web red Wang Hong. Oh really? <laughs> yes. Since I was eighteen, so I established Facebook, um, Instagram pages um, to share my travel experience. But three years ago, um, a lot of people asking me, "Hey Emily, I wanted to visit the places you visit. I wanted to meet the people you meet." Because you've visited over 60 countries, maybe more yeah. by now, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, 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 still a, lo a long way to go to cover the whole world, but I, mean, <laughs> I see some, some part of the world which yeah. different culture delight me, as I say. Um, so I founded a technology-based company, shake to win So this, this platform is to helping the uh, museum, arts gallery, small, medium enterprise, run uh, family-run business to enter China with the easiest way. So they don't need to figuring out all the complicated digital ecosystem and how to register a Weibo and WeChat if they don't know Chinese. Yeah. So I make every I, I try to make everything easy for everyone to enter China market. So for me, it sounds when I first first heard heard about it, these two companies, Shake to Win and Createch, they feel like they're two different projects. And now I think you also found during your journey that it started to come more and more and become integrated. Yeah. Can you explain a little bit of promoting a museum in, in, in Europe to Chinese mm -hmm. millennials and helping Walmart with their China strat digital strategy? Mm -hmm. How is that connected? Mm -hmm. Okay, that's a very good question. So actually, we didn't make a case to fully integrate the, um, what we do with shake to win to what we do with Craytech. But this year, in 2020, is actually the year how we can try to integrate it with the cultural elements, art elements that are the connection we build from shake to win to benefit or creating value for the brands, like maybe not uh, Walmart, but like, for example, Skechers, or for example, uh, some fashion brands, how we can integrate the cultural elements into fashion and targeting the Manual to speaking as the language. So um, when we talk about um, shake to win, so we, we don't just work work for one or, or work with one museum. So we talk about Van Gogh, right? So uh, we are very glad that we are the first shareholders of the Van Gogh Heritage Foundation in the Asia Pacific and carrying that role. A lot of people curious about like what do you do? Like what what why why you're the shareholders of the foundation? And I was like, yeah, I, I think that's nowadays. Um, 
being cult uh, doing cultural preservation projects is not like when you become a billionaire, you can do cultural preservations. The, the entry barrier shouldn't be that high. I mean, so I'm trying to I'm trying to be that bridge, become um, the, the bridging, become like Chinese millennial uh, brands in China, how they can do cultural preservation through a projects and to have a partially every commercial projects have a partially uh, donations back to the, the pre preservation of the Van Gogh heritage. So uh, when we talk about Van Gogh, a lot of people maybe only know about Van Gogh Museum. But actually, in Netherlands, that you are from Netherlands, right? So you 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 know the places about the, the areas of Brabant, right? Where Van Gogh born, and then also in Belgium, in UK, in France. So this foundation is actually connected with uh, 18, you know, um, destination featuring Van Gogh's life. So when the first time I met them, I met the director, Frank, and um, he's Dutch as well, and I talked about my concept, hey, we should pro 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 promote Van Gogh's story and the art as a whole, but not only one destination. So how about we created a campaign with a rapper, so we used a Chinese rap, um, we created two songs to celebrate Van Gogh's spirit, and then we theme with 10 destinations, like coordinate with Frank, and it, the project get a big success because in China, and people think that I need to pay a lot of money, I need to pay, you know, uh, um, um, uh, um, uh, find a, a big agency to enter China market, but actually not a lot of people can afford that big, big um, you know, yeah. money. So how about you spend more time on studying what Chinese millennial are listening to, for example, Rap of China is quite popular. I don't know if you like yeah. hip-hop song, those kind of stuff. And street dance, for example, is, is quite a big hit. So if you can create a campaign taping into the millennial, you know, um, um, youth culture, I say, the right message, the right content, the uniqueness, and the way how you tell your story, I guess it's, it saves you a lot of investment. Yeah. yeah. It's in the end about localization and also a little bit customization. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Correct. So, the, so the, the app for the Shake to Win app, basically, it's on your phone. You, you can, when you're in Amsterdam or any city, you can find historic places or yeah. unique places or family-run companies yeah. and give them a chance to actually promote yeah. their services, their exactly. products, their, so that actually they have a sort of like... It's a sea trip with more focused on social media and uh, um, uh, how, I, to see, how to compare that. Yeah, I guess it's more like, um, for example, our journey is not, uh, it's our journey with the, the user journey uh, begin in when they are in China, yeah. in China. So Shik to Win Shang Yu Di is our Chinese name of yeah. the app. That the, 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 the rationale behind how I founded this company is we wanted to uh, create appreciations between the merchants and the user. So the appreciation shouldn't be just happen when the transaction happened, you know. The appreciation should happen far, you know, before that's when, when, when the people, when the user physically meet the merchant, for example. So in China, uh, apart from the applications, the app, we also have a WeChat in the app. So for, uh, and, and we also establish our social media channel like Bilibili, TikTok, we have WeChat, Weibo, our, our own media. So we created contents to post daily and weekly for educating our Chinese user and fans. You know, if you go to Netherlands, for example, 
if you buy in Amsterdam, for example, you have to be super careful with a few rules. So why this cultural education is so important before they travel yeah. abroad is because we, we, we wanted to improve the confusions. When, when people, you go, myself as a traveler, when I go to a places, I don't do any research before. It's very easy to, you know, to, to do some, you know, um, um, not appropriate things and it creates you know, understanding and then conflicts and all this kind of stuff. So we wanted to uh, educate people with the cultural aspects in article, in video format, in all the uh, uh, way that we can speak to the uh, youth in China. So when they go overseas, because they are going not with groups, they are going by themselves, so they can use our applications based on the article they read. If they're interested in museum, they will see museum recommendations when they are in Netherlands, for example. When they tap into the museum, we will also um, uh, uh, recommend them what experience they have to go in this museum. So it's, it's more like a, a, a recommendation based applications and content-based applications more than just, you know, um, selling an experience without telling you uh, too, uh, too much about the, the background behind. So we, we're more on the that part. Mm -hmm. So the content is very, very important elements of our app. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's it's two ways. It's one informing the uh, the actual tourists before they go on the trip, yeah. so they can make an educated yeah. choice of where they want to go and how they want to plan their trip. Yeah, and then you have on the other side you have the brands and the museums and the the, the locations that can actually yeah. add to the platform, exactly. uh, so that you can also get like a business model based based yes. on that. Yes, where yes. they have a chance to exactly. stand out. Yes, to yes. their audience. And our concept is more like building a big friendship pool, as we always said each other's we help each other's yeah. right so for example in um Sansa's Khan that we have a cheese farm Henry Village we have a, a, a wooden shoes uh, experience and uh, coinment and then we have a pancake house you know decal so all this kind of combination is a cultural experience and local people run business so we're trying to create for our user a overall comprehensive um, experience rather than I just recommend you to go one place um, do one things yeah. but we we recommend them to go to one area for one experience with the fully you know authentic local culture yeah. and get to know this local people around yeah. business yeah so so what's the key then to make this art and culture and, and nature part appealing to Chinese uh, millennials because mm. they basically for the Netherlands they see a windmill click take a picture <laughs> check next what I'm gonna do I'm gonna go shopping yeah. or something like that so yes. how, how do you keep them involved and entertained that's a very uh, that's a very interesting question actually so um, three years ago when I started to develop the uh, B2B business and networks in Europe I um, haven't been able to launch the application we launched the application in 2019 and the new app is just being with them and you can download and welcome everyone to download and give us some feedback so people think that Chinese people walking into a museum or to a gallery or to participate in green activities is like, wow, it, it wouldn't happen, it couldn't happen, you know, three years ago. And people think that I'm crazy and they say, Emily, you're not going to succeed because no user will use your app if you're only promoting museum and cultural aspects area. And I was like, yeah, but I think, I feel 
because of doing the projects for big brands and with all this knowledge and understanding the target audience in China, millennial group, I think they are changing. Like they are changing, yeah. and and they are more um, open-minded to learn about culture. They mm -hmm. they would rather to in three in three years, like three years ago, I talked about that. In three years, I see. More and more, you know, Chinese people they, they drive a car to a very far away museum. They go to check in, and then they, they they also visit the places. It's not just one hour, forty five minutes. They will stay there for two hours, or maybe meet some people there. That is what I see, and I see that people will shifting from going to big shopping mall to more like designer designer store because it's not. Shopping is it's not just an experience to buy something I need. It's about I want to learn a fashion style locally, for example, and I want to know the designer. So all this designer store, the the owner will be in the store, and people rather than going to a big you know um, KFC or McDonald or you know all this big chain, they will going to family run business. So, for example, the Detail Pancake Houses, I'm really friends with um, the owner, it's also called Simon. Yeah. And uh, they, they, they share the culture and write the story. And so, when two years later, when we launch our app and then we launch it in Hong Kong, we do a big um, PR event with all the media support. And they, we're very surprised because as a company, we're doing some kind of, you know, cultural technologies platform and that category is not exists. Mm. So all the, no matter the investor or the media, and they were very curious. So how are you going to change? Like you, you, you're not um, um, changing the educational system, but yes, but I'm changing the way how people learn about culture. So it's another way you, 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 you change a little bit of the consumer, you know, uh, behavior on approaching to the culture, learn the culture, and then at the end, they can go overseas and, you know, visit those places they yeah. read from the application. So, and in this year, especially under COVID-19, what I see the changes is uh, we, we, we created a campaign which is called Travel From Home. So when people are not able to going out to uh, overseas to visit all these places and we have so many B2B partners. So I was brainstorming with my team from Europe. I said, hey guys, let, let's try to see how we can tell the story virtually in a virtual landscape and create a campaign to feature like with the video elements, with the story uh, creations, like how we, we just like every week and Emily on the Weibo, we will take you through Amsterdam. So at 9 a.m. we go to Magbuy, at 11 a.m. we go to Blue Boat. So we created a virtual itinerary and post it on our Weibo. We already covered nine cities um, and, and, and joining this um, um, travel from home campaign and with over 50 uh, uh, vendors or 50 uh, merchant supports. And they are very happy because they never imagined that can I tell story in this way? Oh, wow, I never did that. I think I'm alone, I, I'm one brand, and then I don't know how I can collaborate with the others. And because of this storytelling is our, you know, uh, also valuable elements for brands to consider why they work with us, is we are not uh, treat ourselves as an agency or a vendor in shifting perspective. We are a platform. So we, we welcome all the people to tap into our platform expertise and to amplify. Um, the, 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 the marketing spending and effectiveness on doing marketing in China, that is the first step. And later on, if they are 
uh, uh, financially, you know, able to integrate with, for example, uh, um, do more um, promotion in our application or mini program, or they wanted, for example, a museum that they are, we're talking about in the Netherlands right now, that they wanted to do some co-branding campaign in China. So by leveraging Creator, we have a lot of brands, you yeah. know, consumer-driven brands, and we have a museum in, in Netherlands, for example. How we can co-brand and create a crossover products they never imagined before? Can I do marketing in this way? Yes, you can. Yeah. But um, and and um, in in this ecosystem that what we create from Shake to Win to Creator, I think in 2020 it's gonna be a very exciting year for yeah. launching something really exciting for the collaboration. It's cool because you are kind of the millennials in general, not just China. It's all much more about entertainment. Yeah. And if you can actually put a twist to this entertainment and make it more a cultural experience exactly. and not just product and buying, 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 buying. Yeah. But really the experience itself. Yeah. And make that more entertaining. That's I think what a lot of this is the trend now actually. Yeah. Uh, and, and how you can entertain and how to how you can keep the audience. So you, you already mentioned that uh, very much on uh, innovation and technology. Mm. So so what what trends do you see? Uh, you explained a little bit of what what you're doing, but what's mm. the general trend you see in the in market? In China. So uh, it's very good questions because yesterday I just been to a um, client's annual conference and I share a little bit of the IP collaborations stuff. So in China, as you see, uh, a lot of millennials they are. Uh, mainly, you know, passionate about three things: uh, gaming. <laughs> I don't know if you play games, but like a lot of people play a lot games. Of them, yeah. It's huge in China. And paying for yeah. buying the skin, you know, yeah. buying uh, voting for for the players and all this kind of stuff. And another segment of millennial, they are, you know, uh, more on, you know, chasing their stars, like the celebrity. So there are a lot of programs in China in the previous two years incubating celebrity, newborn stars. And all these kind of stars that the way of how integrating in this entertainment uh, program is, is, is definitely the way of transforming how people think about doing business in China. So nowadays still people talking to me like, hey, I wanted to establish a WeChat, a Weibo uh, or TikTok account. And I will say, hey guys, Take a look of what you wanted to achieve by the end of what is your end goal and, and what do you want to you know, do in the Chinese market. Do you want to build brands and who you want to tap into? So if you talk about that, um, you are a, a cosmetic brand or health product brands that recently we're having a brand to enter China. So you want to tap into the uh, millennial, but the highest spending power millennial and your product is related to organic, for example, sustainability, for example. So you should, our role, our, our responsibility, our expertise is to help you to find which community or which kind of momentum entertainment program or offline events or online programs that we can help you to tap into. To carry your brand DNA, translate it into a Chinese language to communicate to the Chinese millennial in a way, no matter it's an arts way or cultural way or song music way, how to tap into it. So this is how what I can see. And entertainment is definitely one of the trends. And secondly, I think sustainability is another trend. Mm. So when we talk about sustainability in Netherlands, I always tell my friends, you should go to Netherlands because there are so many, you know, green design, architecture, innovation technologies. 
I'm, 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 I'm halfway Dutch, I think I'm yeah. promoting I'm China a lot. Well, thank you for um, that. <laughs> yeah, and sustainability is actually one of the um, um, the latest reports that I read uh, from the previous two weeks is talking about the post-95 and post-00, so the generation set, uh, consumers, the newborns, and they are, when they're considering like purchasing a, a product in China, if the brands that they carry the mission of, you know, um, sustainability or using sustainable technologies, um, the materials for creating these products, so they will be more eager to choose that brands yeah. rather than, you know, um, the other brand have super fancy, you know, advertisement and etc. So that is a change because post 95 and post 00, now it's just been through the Gaokao and the, 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 the examina public examination and growing up. So when you take a look of the differences beha be beha uh, behavior between post 90, post 85, post 95 and post 00, it's definitely these are the four sectors, like four segments. The behavior is slightly different. But if you are not living here, you are not doing projects, being trained by you know running our different campaign, and you couldn't be able to notice the differences. And with our expertise, I think the most important way is how we can expand our expertise to serve more, you know, brands if they wanted to tap to the market. Because the market potential is huge. The millennial segment, we're talking about four, 400 million uh, populations in China. Yeah. So this is like a really big market sector to cater, like to, to invest. Yeah. from my perspective yeah, and the pressure is high from a family point of view to also perform and get, yeah. get a return on exactly. their investment because exactly. <laughs> yes. basically the kid, the kid is yeah. the business you feel it right <laughs> yeah, I feel it as well so it's uh, yeah. definitely the, the, the pressure pressure is on so, so when it comes to the innovation and, and yeah. virtual reality and augmented reality I saw some very cool, like you, because especially when it comes to tourism, experiencing a city from home, which mm -hmm. you just already uh, just mentioned, like actually people plugging in the glasses and plugging yeah. in at home and be away yeah. and have an experience. Do you, are you working on these kind of projects or do you see any recent developments yeah. uh, on that? Yeah, we, we, we actually are working with a partner, strategic partners to um, uh, how to say, um, experiment, experimental to have some, you know, um, um, test that how we can create uh, the real experience. For example, if I am visiting, travel, I'm visiting our cities, how we can digitalize that cities and plug that content into a virtual angle and with the right places to place that, um, you know, experience. Because we are thinking that, okay, virtual reality, you know, um, AR, all these kind of uh, technologies, it could be used alone. Uh, you carry the, uh, the, the Googles and then you stay at home and then you enjoy the view. But we think that travel is about traveling together and experience even though you meet a, a stranger in the streets. So, so you do the social networking. So it's more than just an experience. So it's more like an immersive you know, experience how you really been through as physically you experience in the virtual world, you experience the same. Yeah. So, so this is some, some kind of things that we, we are now working as a shake to win. So I cannot say the name, but we are working in, um, you know, uh, innovating the way how this virtual experience can happen. And hopefully in 2021, we can find a pilot cities or like a country's um, cities maybe to, to see how we can really providing this, you know, creating, crafting this experience 
in a real, more close to the real experience. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's still in its early stages, I, I, yeah. I would say. You see some experiments here and there. Yeah. I saw recently, it was uh, I'm a big fan of Tony Robbins. Oh, yeah. okay. So he was also mentioning like all of his events are cancelled for most yeah. uh, in inspirational speakers. And they also were like, okay, what, what if I just put myself there and everyone can still be in there, mm. but via virtual reality? Yeah. So they, they can still attend the conference for three days, yeah. but they're sitting at home, but they feel like they're actually there. Exactly. And then that one-on-one -on -one experience makes it much more powerful for them yeah. to actually learn and to get content out of it and also feel like the more connection. Yes. Uh, so that's exactly. in the end is similar when you push a city or a museum, yeah. you want them to be part of it and have... Yeah. The other party, the sender, also to n notice that they're there. Yes, right? yes exactly. Because <laughs> otherwise, it yes. becomes one-dimensional. It's, it's, it's a two-way interaction. Exactly. It's more like a two-way interaction. So that's why I think that virtual reality technologies will be transformed into just a user um, experience themselves in a already prescripted things. But how we can initiate more like real-time interactions yeah. uh, while the user actually immerse in that space or in that and that city virtually yeah 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 that will be, that will be yeah cool. that's a very cool things yeah for the conference real 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 experience conference yeah to, to overcome uh, the, yeah. the covid yeah. yeah so that's what i also want because you're uh, 50 normally you're traveling 50 percent of your time yeah so i was wondering i just put it into a sentence like you not being able to travel due to covid yeah allows you to do to do what <laughs> yeah that's a very good question because <laughs> In Shik to Win, we have a team, um, halfly in, uh, we have five people in Europe and one people in Mexico. So we, we used to meet each other's uh, three, like, so they spend half time in China and half time in Europe. So I, I shift the half time when they were in Europe, I were in Europe and in China and China. So, but now it has been already six months long, long distance relationship with my team. Yeah. And using a lot of, you know, webinar and all these kind of things, it, it doesn't really uh, reduce our efficiency, but actually increase the efficiency because you need to be extra uh, disciplined about what, what the pro progress, progress, you know, keeping up the progress. Um, but talking about personally myself as travel bloggers, if I couldn't travel, you know, I, I stopped, you know, inspiring myself, you know, that's, that's very important. But um, so these years, I, I think I shift more energy um, to travel within China. Mm. Uh, in the previous holiday, Duan, like Dragon Boat holiday, um, I traveled to one of the um, temple, very famous near Hangzhou. So I, I never know that because I used to travel a lot all over the world, but not really uh, travel too many times within China. So I went by visiting that temple under the COVID, so not too many people lining up, queuing up, going, going up to the temple. And every time when I go travel, I try to, you know, try to really do a lot of research on uh, studying what is the local culture there, what kind of food they grow and what kind of food they, they, they eat. And, and if you go to the temple, is it a, a Tao temple or is it like Buddhism temple? Who built this temple? So I, because I'm a very curious person, as yeah. you see. So I ask myself a lot of why, and then I gain a lot of information while I'm visiting that spot. Yeah. So um, I guess this year I will spend more time to travel in um, China and establish a maybe a podcast about traveling in China in in a, in, in a, a you know travel entrepreneur perspective in English. So um, and how to uh, promote our our unique culture and places 
with the language, the Western um, markets that yeah. they could understand. Uh, you should definitely check our previous episode that I've recorded with uh, Jareth Janssen. He's okay. based in, uh, in Kuming. Uh, in, uh, oh, so he's doing heavily on promotion for Yunnan province mm. and has a lot, knows a lot of cool secrets of what's there to do cool. that, that, that most people cannot find and it's all targeted to English, in English. Great. And that's also for every country there. You always, have, I also always had the urge to go outside, <laughs> uh, but there are so many local c- cool things to do anywhere yeah. you are, even in city like Shanghai. Yeah. But even of course all of China, there's so yeah. many nice spots to actually, uh, yeah. yeah, to yeah. to visit and to explore and to learn about. Yeah, I really wanted to help the Chinese museum um, and also cultural, you yeah. know, um, destinations um, to promote in the Western markets. Maybe one day after Shiktuin, we cater the Western market coming in and how we can transform our user to become the Chinese ambassador to share their, their hometown countries yeah. in Chinese, but with the language capacity and understanding about the Western culture, we translate or we, we transform the content into a more story appealing way for telling the local authentic Chinese story in the Western language to the Western markets. And and I guess this will be also one of our future plans at Shake to Win within the three, three to five years. So you reverse yeah. the audience, yes. but the concept is the exactly. same. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. There's even in the domestic market there's still I think a chance to also promote yeah. the culture exactly. to Chinese new millennials itself. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it doesn't even have to be cross border, but I can tell <laughs> yeah. your passion for cross border and cross cultural is much same higher. As you, yeah. yeah. So, because you you spend like five to fifty percent of your time bef- mm. nor- normally in China and fifty percent outside, pretty mm. much. So, how do you see what what is the things that you learn, what what people can learn from being mm. abroad, and also what other what foreigners can learn mm-hmm. from China? Is there mm. anything that you really stand yeah. out? Yeah, I will. I will. I will strongly um, suggest that if if you are interested in coming to China, don't come just once. If you can keep coming, you know, or uh, maybe staying here for two, three months at least mm-hmm. to experience the speed of how people live in different cities in China. Um, I guess this is my learning process as well, but because Hong Kong used to be, be belongs to Britain before, so the way how I grew up and I get the education and the way of working is more like Western style. But when I came to China, I moved to Shanghai, I live in Beijing, I live in Chengdu, and also doing business with Shenzhen, Guangzhou, I see the differences between cities. Oh, it's a China, but it's different, you know? It's, it's kind of interesting to say this word. So coming here, not just once, but you know, coming at least to stay for a while, I'm trying to learn about the, the background, the culture, and the, the, the history a little bit could help, because a lot of people, Sometimes when they first have experience doing business with China, they always don't understand why we have to do this because of why they think like that, you know? So, but when you take a look of the history or learning about the, the, the culture a little bit, you, you will feel the powerful of how Chinese business, they can grow that big yeah. with the similar, some, some of the elements is similar with Dutch. So we, we are very, how to say, um, I love to do business with Dutch people, I have to say, because it's super direct and it's super efficient. Mm-hmm. So if we say that, we always 
toward that goal, how we can work there are multiple ways, not only one way. So Chinese people are very good at, you know, figuring out the, the flexibility and the feasibility, how we can leverage with different collaborations or collective force to reach the final destination with our partners. Mm -hmm. So partnership is actually very important in the Chinese business world. Um, so if you learn about culture and history, you will get a little bit feelings about how to build partnership and how to think like your partner's thinking. And the, the, the first thing, so the first tip is coming here not just for once, at least to stay a little bit longer or coming more times. And secondly, learn about history and the culture. And thirdly, I will suggest to taste the food. It's very, it's very <laughs> interesting when I talk to my business partner overseas, food? Chinese food? You, you mean going to the Chinese restaurant and taste the food? I said, yes, you will feel that the creativities and the inspiration is actually within the food. When you taste the food in China. So every time when I have business partners coming to China, I take them to taste different regions' food. And they were like, wow, this is different from what I taste in, in the Netherlands, for example, in Germany, it's different. I say, yes. So by tasting the food, you develop the also a little bit of the, uh, uh, the the characters of that cities. For example, Sichuan is very spicy, yeah. right? In Guangdong, we have more like barbecue pork and all this kind of stuff. In Shanghai, it's more like sweet and sour taste. And by understanding tasting the food that you enjoy, also observing how people react in the restaurants, and um, you, you, you feel the vibe, you feel the vibe. And that's how I immerse myself as a Hong Kong, you know, grow up, uh, girls and tap into the Chinese business world and also translate this culture to the Western world. So, so, so those are the three tips, yeah. I think. Um, yeah, and listen to your podcast for sure. <laughs> yeah, right. To learn about the, the perspective, I think is very important. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You're in one one leg in one country and one leg in China, <laughs> basically. Yeah. This is uh, yeah, the the food definitely for me always. I I think I see a lot of similarities between. My wife is doing business with Italy, mm. it, Italian culture in China is very similar because it's very family oriented mm. and heavily focused on food. Yeah, uh, dining is a very important part of the of the culture. Yeah, uh, and and that's these are two elements are very strongly also in China. Yeah, uh, yeah. the speed is definitely different. Yeah, <laughs> but the round table, like I I, I see that that uh, one of the food culture is very very um, interesting is the round table mm. because everyone is equal yeah. to the angle they see each yeah. one. And that's how it also uh, represents a lot of business perspective on how we see, how we view partnership or business with the others. And, and we always to be equal. And I guess Dutch share the same perspective on, you know, to be fair, of everything, transparent. And mm. I, I really, I really think that I have a very good feelings doing this with Dutch. Um, and this is a, I learned something because I, I never looked at it like this, but it could be uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the, the Boulder model, uh, <laughs> getting, getting an agreement. Sure. Cool. All right. So just to wrap up, uh, the the uh, I, I, we have this intro tune, and it says, "So learn more about war stories in China." So so, what will be your war story that you've encountered in the last wow. years? War story. Wow, that's a very complicated question. I I don't I don't think I have any war story in China. But I think I have a lot of exciting experience from my previous 12 years 
and uh, it's all about you know um, cultural differences. So I can share one of very <laughs> interesting and funny story. Like not not in the in the business world. Like in business world, we always have some you know um, story on how we do business pitch and how we work with different you know organizations in China. But one of the things because the, the everything learning about culture entering a market is about detail. So I remember one time I was um, doing a business trip alone from Shanghai to Beijing in winter. So I arrived in the hotel and I didn't know that because when you're taking a cab that's in, in Beijing, you have to exactly to, to say the cross road because the road is really long. long. Yeah. If you're going on the way to the west, and <laughs> you actually cannot turn into another way to arrive at your destination. So I didn't know about it and it was a cultural shock. So and and then I was being um, uh, put in, in in one of the side of the road, and I had to carry my luggage to walk all over the road. Oh, yeah. It's very hard to call another cab because they reject you. Yeah, they yeah, said yeah. you should go to that way and take the cab, but not this way. So this is one. And then when I arrived in the restaurants, because in Hong Kong, that you wait here to be seated, and then the waiter comes to you and you know serve you. And then I was in a restaurant and then I was waited there. It was really pretty early stage when I moved to China. And then I was waited, waited and waited for 30 minutes and nobody comes and I was like, what happened in this restaurant? And then and then suddenly a local guy come into the restaurant and then scream like, Foo Yan! And then suddenly three people from the kitchen are <laughs> coming out and I was like, Okay, oh, this is that's, how it works. The way, that's the way to, you know, to, to, to call for the... And since then, I, I guess all those experiences, you know, equipped me to stay strong, as you're talking about the war story, and staying strong in a, a mental, you know, a mentality as, a, you know, considering to learn about different cultures from different countries. So every time I go to do business with overseas, I go to the local restaurants and, and I learn about, observe about how how these things go, you know, and it helped you to, you know, survive under this, you know, different culture circumstances and to make you strong, no yeah. matter you do business all over the world. Cool. Yeah, yeah it's more of a personal war yeah. right? <laughs> how, to, how to overcome certain yeah. situations. Cool. All right. So if some listeners want to reach out to you, what will be the best way for them to find you? Um, I guess they can follow uh, me on the LinkedIn. So I, I have been very active on LinkedIn and share my thoughts. And also that to welcome if, if you guys wanted to uh, reach, reach me by uh, WeChat and also by email, it also be good. And whenever you guys come to Shanghai, if you want to see um, how a creative space or um, you know a, a company like us uh, look like, welcome to our creative space. So we have um, here that a lot of you know um, uh, chances to do collaborations with different people. And also recently, I'm just um, doing a course with the MakeLikeChina.com, and it's also founded by one of my friends from Brazil. And they are trying to leveraging the experience of um, you know China entrepreneur to share to make a course. For example, my course is um, not the name is becoming virtual. So I'm sharing some tips and practical tips about how uh, small medium sized business they can transform um, from the offline landscape to online with tactics and which kind of you know social media platforms they should take a look and how to start as the first step. So it's also welcome to follow MakeLikeChina.com um, and if you're interested to subscribe my course, more than welcome. Cool, yeah. cool. I will add this in the show notes. 
Thank so you. that people can, can find you. Thank you so much uh, for your time. I, I got the tour in the company and I see that you have this live streaming room, yeah. product picture taking, meeting rooms, all these uh, chill areas. So, yeah. so it's definitely uh, yeah worth a visit if you're somebody who is in Shanghai. Yes, yes. <laughs> and welcome, welcome Simon to come back as well and initiate more you know fresh idea or maybe we can work together on some creative project in futures and yeah, thank you very much for the interview. I hope your audience enjoy. Cool, cool, thanks. All right. Thank you guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Doing business in China is a complex world. You can quickly feel alone and lost in its maze. But don't worry, China Business Cast is here for you. Sign up for our newsletter and regular updates on our website at www.chinabusinesscast.com. Thanks for tuning in.